people get, you know, the five talents, the two talents and the one talent, and then they go out and they do something with that. Mm -hmm. And the one who didn't do anything with that, that just sort of just sat on it, Mm -hmm. was the one who was chastised, thrown out because it was like, you you were not a good steward of what yeah. I had entrusted to you. So there is that. And we see God planning. I mean, listen, I know that we joke about that verse 29, 11, Jeremiah 29, 11, but God says, I know the plans. So he has plans. Mm-hmm. He has plans for us. He has plans for humanity. So God is a God who plans and we can plan with him. Right Now you can plan with God or you can plan without God. And one of those is going to go better than the other. <laughs> Hi, welcome to Wild and Beautiful. We're Joanna Hyatt and Lauren Enriquez, your co-hosts who every week are helping you live out your faith in a way that's biblically rooted, but culturally relevant. Hey, how glad are you that you did not travel this Christmas? (laughs) Exceedingly, exceedingly glad. Gosh, all the horror stories. Oh man, my poor in-laws, they sat in the airport for 12 hours on the day they were supposed to get here. Oh my gosh. And then heading back to Denver, which was just like a disaster, they got their flight canceled. And so they were here an extra four days. Oh my um, gosh. So they were pivoting, sh- shuffling quickly. But man, I don't know who I feel worse for. Southwest Airlines and the impending bankruptcy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, my husband. Or everybody else. My husband is convinced that this is this whole thing is like an anti-Southwest conspiracy. He <gasps> loves, we don't even use Southwest. We don't live near the airport that, but he loves, he just loves their business model. And he's like, I feel so bad for Southwest. I was like, I don't, I feel bad for the people that got stranded. I feel so bad for the people. And then at first I kind of felt bad for Southwest because it's like, it's all weather, right? Like you have right. no control. But then the more I've read it, they also were not up to date on technology. And, you know, so it was, yeah. it was sort of a worst case scenario of like bad weather mm-hmm. meant that they couldn't pivot well, or they ran to crises and then their system totally imploded because they weren't prepared for something like this. Which is why I don't have that much sympathy for them. There you go. My uh, coworker basically missed Christmas with his (gasps) family because of Southwest. So yeah, that made me like, it, you know, became personal. Once your coworker, your family member, your friend. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Listen, friends, this is, if you hear us, we always have like some company we're talking about. And usually it sounds like a great endorsement. This is not an endorsement of Southwest Airlines today, unfortunately. But hey, you can redeem yourself. We believe in you. Welcome to capitalism where you can... (laughs) Figure out how to be competitive again by being innovative. (laughs) Definitely. Gosh, and the bar is so low for airlines. I mean, you and I are both tall. And every time I get on an airplane, I'm just like, I can barely fit. I don't understand how grown men fold themselves into a seat. Yeah. Yeah. Like my husband's 6'3". My knees are touching the seat in front of me. I I literally don't know how he like fits into a seat. Have you ever seen those pictures of airlines when they were first like... Uh, obviously it was bougie for people who could afford it, <laughs> yeah. but it was ridiculous. You know, it was just it was like, like this luxury experience. Yeah. Yeah. And they had a mm-hmm. cart and all kinds of food. Now it's like cram the animals into the feeding trough and yeah. we'll throw you some peanuts if you're nice. Yes. People keep getting larger <laughs> and airline seats keep getting smaller. It's a bad combo. It's a oh, really man. bad combo. Yeah. I yeah. needless to say, I'm not a fan of, fly- I'm not a fan of traveling in general, but... <laughs> 
when I have to. You have to make sure you have like your little emergency kit because you could get stuck on the oh, runway 100%. with no water. That was like, a problem. They didn't terrible. have snacks. I was like, y'all did not mm-hmm. prepare for this. Like you and I, well, and our friend Allison, who will pack like a duffel bag's worth of snacks yes. to ensure that she is set no matter That's what happens. A Maybe it's traveler. because we've traveled pregnant. And so you you just know, like, I can't be without food for longer than an hour. And yeah. so you just pack to graze all Totally. <laughs> I was like that my whole life. <laughs> I couldn't no. even go to class in college without making... You know how kids after... It's like a 45 minute see, class, girl. Yeah. Did you see those? <laughs> but did you see those experiments after like... I think it was World War II or the Soviet Union or something where kids couldn't sleep because they were so traumatized and they had been through like hunger and stuff. So they would send, they experimented with sending the kids to bed with bread, but saying, you don't have to eat this right now. Just like keep it in your pocket. And if, when you wake up, you can eat it. And the kids all slept soundly. And I never went through a traumatizing period of famine, but I had to have a granola bar or a protein bar in my backpack to go to a class in college. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> just to feel better, just to know it's there. Just yeah. you're going to survive in the event that the lights go out and there's a like lockdown. They just did. <laughs> you have a granola bar. Right. Yeah. Wow. I did not know about that study, but it's fascinating. Mm-hmm. It made <laughs> and, it made sense for those poor kids. I don't know what my And you. Is. Those poor mm-hmm. kids and you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Good. Um, well, you know, that's like a segue to today's sure. topic. Absolutely. Yeah, which is <laughs> resolutions. Now, listen, friends. Mm-hmm. We know that it's be the first week of January. Happy New Year. And it feels cliche to talk about resolutions and, you know, goals and all the things. But why not? Yeah. Why not? Because, of course, first of all, we want to unpack whether or not Christians should be making resolutions. Mm. You'd be surprised how controversial that is. Like everything, we Christians they won't are good be about fighting. Where we uh, land on it, though. <laughs> <laughs> Two type A people mm. who are like, I'm got my list, I got my journal. Yes, uh, but then also, how do we make resolutions if we determine that we should, as believers, actually be making resolutions? How do we make resolutions that you can keep, mm-hmm. that you can accomplish, uh, that are not just a list of things that you're like you know, flying everything, throwing the whole kitchen sink in. We don't want that. Right. This is not meant to be an episode that stresses you out. This is actually meant to be an episode that allows you to exhale. Because I'll be honest, New Year's Eve night, I was a little stressed because I really felt behind the eight balls. Like mm-hmm. I have not had time because of all the travel changes. Yeah. I haven't had time to think. I haven't had time to reflect. I haven't had time to do anything. And here we are, tomorrow's January 1. And of course... I was like mm-hmm. lecturing my daughter of like, there's nothing that unique about January 1. We can watch the ball drop tomorrow. And then I was having like anxiety over it. So right. I'm yeah, totally. Is what I'm admitting to you all. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting started a little late this year too. Although like we've talked about, I love Advent for the New mm-hmm. Year-y type, you know, feeling of Advent. But I too, like Joanna, am pregnant and... Y'all, I've been tired. That? Did you catch that? We're now both. Yeah. We're now both. Pregnant. We're now both She's pregnant. Only, we're now both pregnant. Ta-da. Yay. She's only, what are you, like a month behind me? Yeah, something like that. I'll be 18 weeks when this episode comes out. I'll be 21. But oh, yeah, you had close. visitors and I just had, usually like end of the first trimester, I get my energy back, but not this time. I don't know if it had to do with all my kids being on Christmas break or just having a bunch of other kids or just a weird pregnancy, but (laughs) I am tired. And so I gave myself space this year to ease into my resolutions. 
And I celebrated the fact that while weight loss is always on my resolutions when I'm not pregnant, this is one of the blessed years that it, it can't be on be. my no. January 1st list. Put so all we'll the granola bars in all the purses. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, I don't, I'm easing into it also. So we're two type A people that normally go into January 1st totally prepared with our list of resolutions and the plan for how to accomplish them. But- not We're this not. year. Not this year. <laughs> so we invite okay. you on this journey with us yeah. because I hope this encourages you. Actually, they there's no time that's like the right time and the wrong right. time. I like that um, Laura Casey says, there's nothing unique about January 1st. And that's what I was trying to communicate, not as whimsomely to my children. <laughs> Uh, so, you know, it's like, I think we have this sense of it's a new year. And even though it's in the middle of winter and it's in the middle of school years, there's a sense of like, okay, should I make adjustments? Can I refresh? Whatever. But the reality is you can start that next week. You can do it in two weeks. You can yeah. make February one, mm-hmm. you know, and in the same way, December might be you're preparing for Christmas. Uh, January might be you're preparing for the new year. That yeah. is totally fine. Uh, and so, you know, today's conversation is hopefully things to give you some tools, some things to think about. And, you know, full disclaimer, I pretty much lifted a lot of this from my dad who preached this sermon on Sunday. And I just sat there and took notes because it made me feel better after the sermon. So I thought it'll make everybody yes. else feel better. <laughs> Thank you, Pastor John Repsold. Repsold, John. good job. Good job. Yeah, hey. We'll probably link to the sermon too, and then we'll give full credit to dad. Oh, does he um, put his sermons online or something? He does put his sermons oh, online. Oh, yeah. hey. Oh, it's real cute. Nice. COVID made them get a little tech tech savvy. Yeah. That's but nice. the question that was not tackled, like kind of tackled, but let's tackle it too, because you see it online a lot, right? Should Christians be making resolutions? I've never um, actually seen that before. Uh, what? Yeah. Man, this we must evangelicals be a, know how to fight this about must anything. not be a Catholic fight. <laughs> oh, we are like, we're fine. Trust me, we fight about plenty of things, but that's not one of them. <laughs> okay. Here's the tension I see. Uh, y'all tell us right in if you've seen this. Should Christians be making resolutions? Because on the one hand, are you planning, but like God plays out what's going to happen mm. in your life, right? So like, are you just sort of running ahead and planning without God? I can or, see how that would become a question. Which I've had sure. that thought at times where I'm just like, you know what? I'd like I make all these goals and I go through this whole process of trying to get there. And then it feels like none of them happen or three of the 17 get accomplished. Uh, or by March, my life has been so upended by something, usually either a miscarriage or a new child, like mm. one of those two, right. or a job change or whatever that you're going, I can't, I don't, I don't know how to pivot. Mm-hmm. So, so there's that thought of like, should we not be planning? Should we just mm-hmm. sort of live in the day, whatever God has for us? Or are we being a little bit careless and reckless to mm-hmm. not plan and to just be like, I'm just going to go with today, whatever God has for me. And and not really being purposeful about how are we stewarding our time and our resources and our relationships. So Mm -hmm. admittedly, this is partly why I really liked what uh, my dad had to say on Sunday, because I felt like it landed in that place where it gave, at least to me, an understanding like that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And so so here's where we probably land. It's both. Mm Mm-hmm. Resolutions are, as believers, things that we hold loosely Yep. because we don't make them by ourselves. Agreed. Great. And, you know, <laughs> Jesus does kind of have a guideline for this when mm-hmm. he says, uh, consider the lilies. You know, 
they neither reap nor sow. And yet Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed as one of these. He also says, when you go to spread the gospel, don't worry about where you're going to stay, what you're going to wear, what you're going to eat. Just trust. Yeah, so, you do it together. Yeah. You don't have anxiety about the worldly necessities. And I think he also gives us an outline for how we should make our resolutions with the ten, the way he outlines the Ten Commandments, which start mm. with our relationship with God, then our relationship with others, then our relationship with ourselves. So if we have those things in order, then we can move on to like, I want to make a million dollars this year or whatever like the petty worldly thing is. Because, okay, you can make that resolu- resolution and have your little to-do list of how you're going to achieve it. But that should be secondary, honestly, too what's most important in life. Well, and if you're making it with God, um, you know, making plans is actually godly because it is being a wise steward. You see that in the parable that Jesus tells where people get, you know, the five talents, the two talents and the one talent, and then they go out and they do something with that. Mm -hmm. And the one who didn't do anything with that, that just sort of sat on it, Mm -hmm. was the one who was chastised, thrown out because it was like, you you were not a good steward of what yeah. I had entrusted to you. So there is that. And we see God planning. I mean, listen, I know that we joke about that verse 2911, Jeremiah 2911. But God says, I know the plan. So he has plans. Mm-hmm. He has plans for us. He has plans for humanity. So God is a God who plans and we can plan with him. Right. Now, you can plan with God or you can plan without God. And one of those is going to go better than the other. <laughs> and then just being able, when when you realize that your plans were not the same, deferring yeah. to him and not yeah. losing your peace over the fact that your plan didn't work because your kid's now throwing up and you can't go volunteer at the soup right. kitchen or whatever your great intention was. Yeah. God has a better idea. Well, and and God isn't against planning. He's he's just against those plans that are outside his will. Mm-hmm. I think especially those. And sometimes we'll see things take longer. I think that's the other tension for believers is we say, well, we want it done in a year. And sometimes I think God's going, yeah, but that's a, that's that's actually on your five year. You just don't know that yet. Mm-hmm. And like you're chipping away and you've set this goal for a year. And that's great. This desire that's in your heart, I see it. I'm going to work with you to bring it about, but it's not going to be in a year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's going to be a in a point. decade. Mm-hmm. Will you stay faithful uh, you know, to the resolution, to the dream, whatever, uh, with me? Because you really believe that that's what I'm asking or wanting to bless, even if the time frame is different, mm-hmm. which is why one of one of our practical steps later of reviewing and adjusting is important. Of Just review, being able yeah. to say like, wow, this last month was an absolute disaster. Okay, mm-hmm. what yeah. got done? What didn't? What's What should I actually leave by the wayside? Because it mm-hmm. wasn't that important. Um, <clears throat> so making plans is godly. Making plans is um, a, being a good steward. God makes plans. But again, it's making plans that also are within the grace and will of God. So saying I want to make a million dollars, I'd be like, did you pray about that? Did you ask the Lord why you want to make a million dollars? What's it going to take for you to make a million dollars? Is it going right. to cost you in other areas that you would say, oh no, that's not God honoring. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and you then know, you see like the Proverbs 31 woman, she she gets yes. up and plans for her day and plans for her week and plans for her children's future. But she also humbles herself when God says, let's go in this direction. I'm sure mm-hmm. that great Proverbs 31 woman is like, all right, well, I'm not going to sell purple cloth today. I'm going to go and do this other thing God told me to do. I need to go plant my field. Yeah. I need to take care of a sick servant. 
Oh, that we had certain. No, I'm just kidding. I didn't say that. I didn't say that. Um, and, it was and consensual also- in those days. Okay, Joe. <laughs> she took care of them. She made them warm she did. clothes. Okay. Mm-hmm. And this is why, and we've talked about this a lot on this show. This is why regular, uh, you know, encounters with God matter because you want your resolutions to be led by the Holy Spirit. And one of the best ways to do that is if you're daily getting in the Word to know what yeah. is the will of God in general, mm-hmm. specifically, um, and also taking time to pray and to ask the Holy Spirit and invite Him into the process, both daily of, Lord, here's my day. What what actually on this are you going to want to mm-hmm. see completed? Because I'm really good at coming up with a fantastic list for the day. And then by the end, <laughs> I'm like, why did two things get done? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But like, oh, but I was more present with my kids or my kids yeah. were needier today. Mm-hmm. And I didn't, I didn't plan for that. Or a friend called and they needed... Okay, great, Lord. Like you ordered my day, so making making a point um, to invite the Holy Spirit into the process yeah. is a big one. Agreed. As you're planning out now, and as you're planning every day. Yeah, my I mean, kind of overarching approach is like, okay, I my my ultimate goal is I want to live forever with God in heaven, and I want to take as many people as I can with me. Amen. And if that's guiding all your other goals, and you're Going back to that at the end of every day, mm. I think you can give your, especially if you're type A like we are, you can give yourself a lot more grace for where like maybe those those three action items you had toward making million dollars didn't get done, but you can recognize where your goals did align with what God wanted for you yeah. or where they didn't. We talked about that evening examine a few weeks ago, I think during the Advent episode, that CPR method that I love. It's claim your blessings, pinpoint your failures and your where you got it right, and then renew your commitment to do your best again tomorrow and maybe make a resolution for for how that can be done even better tomorrow. So while I love the like, let's plan out the whole year and make action items for each day, what it really comes down to in terms of holiness is reflecting at the end of every single day, like how close was I to that ultimate overarching goal? Mm -hmm. What do I need to do differently tomorrow? And what (laughs) might I need to leave behind that was a misguided resolution in the first place. Absolutely. Because as it has said, I think I mentioned someone posted this like, yes, actually the aim of every believer is how do we grow in our relationship with Christ? How do we experience greater blessings with God? How do we, you know, help the people around us to experience greater blessings? And that like how that gets done is going to look different and in different seasons. It's like you can have one set of resolutions when you are living on a campus and Mm -hmm. you're surrounded by friends and dorms. And then you have a totally different set when you are working and you're out living in the real world. And then if you are a stay-at-home parent, that's a different set because suddenly Mm -hmm. like the career goals have to kind of get adjusted. And so in every season though, if your overarching aim is to say, Lord, how do I grow closer to you and draw people to you? Mm-hmm. then you're totally right. It it mm-hmm. it will that will be the through line of our lives. Yeah. And you can yeah. set, you know, one thing I try to do, I'm hit or miss. This is my problem. I'm great at creating resolutions. I am not great at consistency. Mm-hmm. Is um weekly like Sunday evenings to say, okay, what's the week look like? Mm-hmm. What's ahead? How do I plan for this? Where do I need to schedule things? Where do I need to make adjustments? Um you know, where are things going to come up that I'm just not prepared for and I need to budget some time to get ready for it? Mm -hmm. Whatever it may be. You you learn yourself as you get older where I 
I used to have these incredibly idealistic goals for the week five years ago. And then like, like you said, two of the 20 things for each day would get done. And now I'm, I I know myself better. And I'm like, I know I can get three important things done today. And it'll be a victory if I can cross off all three, maybe it'll be two, but 20, like that's completely unrealistic. And like booking out way more time than you think you need Mm -hmm. for just like the dinner routine, the bedtime routine. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you think like, okay, I've got 45 minutes to block for this so I can have 30 minutes for that later. Like, no, that whole thing's going to take you an hour and a half. Just (laughs) give yourself, be realistic. Like don't beat yourself up for not being a machine. Yeah. And, you know, making plans allows you to be a little bit more present in your Mm -hmm. day of like, what am I doing with my time? And so not making plans also means you're kind of missing out. You're, you're just kind of True. floating through the day versus in a year saying, who who do I want to be? Where do mm-hmm. I want to be? Where do I want our family to be? My relationships to be, uh, you know, starting with my relationship with God. And, you know, as I've sat and kind of been reflecting on like, what does this potentially look like? They're not major changes, friends. I think mm-hmm. we think that we have to do these massive adjustments to our life. And of course, then you're going to fall off the wagon. Because it'd be like, I never go to the gym and now I'm going to go every day for an yeah. hour. You'll yes. be dead in three days mm-hmm. because you'll be so sore. What, it's Absolutely. Like, it's not sustainable. But if you say, you know, <clears throat> I would like to just try to work out three times a week. I'm not even going to put a qualifier on what that looks like or how yeah. intense it is. Like mm-hmm. as we've talked about with the reading episode and then your relationship with God to say, I'm going to just try 15 minutes a day. Yeah. You know, when you, when you make small tweaks I find it's less daunting and it's actually more sustainable. It's way more because you would rather look back on the year and say, okay, I started praying for five minutes a day because my resolution was realistic than to make the resolution that you're going to pray for an hour every day and look back and realize that was so overwhelming that you didn't improve at all. Like you stopped after one hour. Yeah, you just didn't. Yeah, you did it for one day or two days or three days. And then you were like, this is not sustainable. And you just stopped. And that's how we are as humans. Like we're not very good at course correcting unless we really consciously Mm. think through what is the obstacle here and how do I overcome it? And that's why I like planning and resolutions because like you said, it's very hard to actually change our behaviors (laughs) without taking that time to sit down on Sunday night or whatever and just think, what do I want to do differently tomorrow? And it does take work, friends. I mean, this is the thing. You can't, mm-hmm. okay, you could. You could sit down and be like, I'm going to jam out a bunch of resolutions. And those are probably going to be the ones that don't go anywhere because mm-hmm. you, they were not prayed over, they were not thought through, and they were not rooted in first reflecting to then consider what actually needs to change. Mm-hmm. So for instance, one thing in, in reflecting of like, okay, what is preventing my time with the Lord in the mornings? from being consistent or effective? Well, it's actually the night before. Mm -hmm. If I go to bed too late, then I wake up and maybe I get up on time, but I'm so tired. I'm like falling asleep Mm -hmm. um, or I'm just sort of brain dead or my brain is. And so realizing, oh, the switch is not changing the time I'm waking up. It's actually the night before. I need to change my nighttime routine so that my morning goal is successful. Yeah. And yeah you don't and I, yeah. you don't get to that solution if you don't take a beat to say, "Hold on, where is the actual problem?" 
Totally. I, one thing I also learned in my ignorance early in marriage is that you're not single anymore after you oh, get married. What? Yeah, I know. Your time crazy? is like split? Took me years to like fully <laughs> figure this out that I can't sit down by myself and make an entire categorized list of my resolutions. Oh, that's a great point. Without, <laughs> no, Jose is not as type A or resolution-y as I am. So it's not like I'm going to sit down and like, we're going to come to an agreement on what my resolutions are. Right. But I, I cannot plan out my year like without considering and talking to and getting his feedback on what, are, what direction are you going this year? <laughs> like I booked out seven nights of the week. I don't know what you're doing, but yeah. that's my plan. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Exactly. It causes, let me just tell you from my experience, it causes a lot of tension. Yep. Something yep. else you said though, it made me think of like, I love how the world does have, secular world does have like a lot of help, helpful advice on goal setting and, and how to achieve your goals and a lot of things in general. And I think there's like this marriage between for the Christian between like orienting those goals toward God and making adjustments and course corrections based on our faith, but then bringing in the world's helpful tips and psychology, like practical tips. tools. Yeah. yeah. As, as ancillary, as supplemental. And, and one thing, like you said, if you want to have a great morning prayer routine, well, the world and psychology offers this whole great field of study on sleep hygiene. So like that's one place where these two things can meet. Something Jose and I have been talking about a lot this year because we realize like sleep doesn't just happen and good quality sleep doesn't just mm -hmm. happen by itself. It's another one of those things that you have to like examine and recognize where are we going wrong here? Because if you don't, if you're not getting good sleep, a lot of things are going to go wrong in your life. So yeah, we're going to be looking into that more this year, sleep hygiene. Sleep. There's also a lot of like good goal setting books. What they're all missing is that our ultimate goal is to be with God forever in heaven. Yes. Like none of the secular goal setting books recognize that. But some of them, especially Brian Tracy, he's my favorite, have good tips on like, here's how you can, as a human being with limitations, here's some action items for how you can really execute a goal. Um, so just like look at what the world has to offer as a way to help you on your journey mm -hmm. versus I think where I, for a few years, kind of got overwhelmed was thinking God has this plan and the world has this plan. I have to pick one. It's, it's more of like a find where the two things intersect and take yeah. what you need from the world and leave the rest. And what we, the, the like bonus that we have as believers is that we get to invite God into the planning. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, yeah, when you start this process, it's real quick, actually. You just say, Lord, help me plan out how I, like, where do I need to grow? How do I need to, where do I need to make changes? Um, and then and then the part that takes time is the reflection and, and kind of going through each area. <clears throat> one of, you know, one of the the tips from from my dad was he laid out about nine different areas and he said, identify in each of those, like actually define, envision, dream, what growth would look like in mm. every single one of these areas. That's exciting. One thing, it, you know, it's, yeah. so you've got um, relationship with God, your friendships and mm -hmm. fellowship, health and body, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, you're, again, you're thinking back, what worked, what did not? Yeah. When did I feel like I was at peace or I was making progress? When did I feel discouraged or distracted? Yeah. Um, hobbies, fun, entertainment, 
sometimes we forget that you can have yes. fun. You're allowed to have fun. You're allowed to plan yeah. for fun. You're allowed, in fact, it's good for you to have hobbies. Good. It's not selfish. And mm-hmm. it, it makes you a more interesting person. God, God created us to be joyful people. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, there's suffering in the world, but like plan for fun. He turned um, water into wine, you guys. Super I mean. fun. <laughs> that made all the Protestants. After everyone Just was kidding. already <laughs> drunk. I mean. <laughs> Truth. He did. He knew how to throw a good party. Really liked fun. Um, okay. Let's see what else on the list. Uh, intellect and mind. So this has been a big one for me of like how, you know, less social media, more reading, mm-hmm. more consuming content Same. that has actually been thoughtfully created. Yeah. It takes a lot of work to write a book, y'all. It does not take a lot of work to write a graphic that gets posted. Now, it could be thought-provoking, yeah. but the reality is if there is a book that has been able to be printed, it goes through a lot of work to get to that point. There is mm-hmm. there is a wealth of ideas and knowledge in there. And even if it's a novel, like you're learning, you're thinking, you're, you're considering a different way of life. And so- mm-hmm. Intellect and mind is one that I'm I'm looking at, and so is my husband. We're saying we need to read more this year. Mm-hmm. Um, family, career, school, work, depending on where you are in life, yep. and finances, and then service and volunteering. So you take those areas and you say, okay, Lord, what is one thing that you would like me to pursue in each of these areas that allows me and the people around me to experience greater blessing? So, mm-hmm. like, if that's our standard, that shifts the way we're doing it. So maybe it's not actually, I'm going to make a million dollars. Maybe God is saying, I'm asking you to tithe. You Mm -hmm. haven't tithed consistently. And I want you to experience the blessing of stepping out in faith. So suddenly your finances are different than what the world would say, like Mm -hmm. make more money, cover for inflation. Um, And so you take all of those. And then here's what was so freeing to me. I try to do all of them at once. Ah, that doesn't work. (laughs) Our brains are only so big. I can't do that much change. Mm -hmm. And I really appreciate it. It's so basic and like, duh. Prioritize the order in which we think God is asking us to tackle them. So just Mm -hmm. because these are how they're written out, again, you take it back to God and God may say, you know what? We can put this one at the bottom of the list. Mm -hmm. It's going to be okay. We're going to get there. But save like, it's that okay. one for next year. Yeah, mm-hmm. we'll save that one for next year. We'll save that one for September, What, whatever. Mm-hmm. And so you prioritize and and then you start to say, okay, now I'm going to take one and I'm going to work on the one for mm-hmm. a few weeks. And at the end of those few weeks, I'm going to review, I'm going to adjust, I'm going to see what's working, what's not working. And then once I've got that kind of as a habit and a rhythm, which listen to our rhythm episode from a while back, then I'm going to put another one next to it mm-hmm. and we're going to keep going. Now we have two yep. and then we have three and then we have four and mm-hmm. and then you will make some progress. There's a secular term for that. It's called habit stacking. Look there at that habit go. stack. Oh, is yep. that from Atomic Habits? It might be. It's one of the ones I read. That's a good book. It's a little dense, but a good book yeah. because that also teaches you to say, how can I put habits together that make sense? Which again, yeah. one of those tips from the secular world that you're like, oh, yeah. Okay, Lord. Like I can use the knowledge of the world that's useful mm-hmm. and edifying for me accomplishing your purposes. Mm-hmm. I like that. Habit yeah. stacking. And one thing that I learned again through trial and error is, and this is something, you know, you see it in like social media quotes all the time, but it's your life happens in your daily routine. Mm. And I don't think there's anything more effective in growing in the places where it matters than improving 
the daily routine, especially when it comes to your family. So if you aren't eating at the same table every night for dinner, like do that. You know, if you're not greeting your spouse when they come home, do that. You know, these are the places where most of our life happens. You know, it's just in those routines of making dinner, eating dinner, putting the kids to bed, greeting your spouse, getting those things. I think that working on those things can give you a little bit less, can take some of the pressure off of adding in new stuff. Mm, If you don't have that like daily routine figured out yet, and I don't yeah. mean like, here's what time we do this and that, but if you if it's not, if what you're doing in your daily routine isn't working for your health and your relationships, like start there, yeah. get those things in order before you add in like five hours at the gym every week or something, because that's going to end up causing more of a problem Absolutely. than a solution. Well, look at your day. I mean, all of us have routines. You mm-hmm. all have to, we all have to wake up. Mm-hmm. We all go to bed. We all have to eat. We all have yep. to either do work or care for children. And, and so I think that's a great way to say, let me look at what I already am doing and where can I adjust within that before I'm like throwing the whole yeah. thing out the window. Because it can be very jarring to the rest of your family if you have all these New Year's <laughs> resolutions and you're changing the whole life and they're like, but we don't even eat dinner together. <laughs> like, like, But now we are seven nights yeah. a week, get excited. <laughs> Maybe start small. Oh boy. <laughs> So two last things for practical ways to get this done. Um, Practicing accountability. So Mm, I'm not good about this one. I'm not good about this one either. (laughs) Uh, So first of all, I mean, he pointed out in Proverbs 21.5 that the plans of the diligent lead to profit as surely as haste leads to poverty. Mm. And he was saying plans are no substitute for action. Mm -hmm. And some of us, it's really easy to plan. Yes. But actually putting that into practice is is hard mm-hmm. um, either because the the I where you're trying to get feels really daunting you don't know how to break it down or you just the immediate uh, takes the place of the important but then also the idea that action is not a substitute for planning so you don't just ram ahead yeah. without any thought to where you're going so that's why once you've made a plan in order to actually act you do need accountability now mm-hmm. this was his wise suggestion do not Pick your spouse as your accountability partner unless you want to nag for a spouse. <laughs> I don't really want anyone pointing out my oh. failures, but... So here's what he said. I thought this was interesting. He said, for each of those areas, get specific mm-hmm. of the name of one person. And listen, it can be... Mul- that person can have multiple categories where you give them permission. Like, hey, will you ask me about this? Will you speak mm. into that? Will you just check in with me? And I'm not going to harp on you, but... If I know that you're going to ask me about how's my writing going, I might need to write. Yes. I mean, this is the same reason people form little groups. Oh, yeah. They form a writing group. They form a workout group. They form a Bible study. Because in showing up together, there is a time when peer pressure is a good thing. You realize, oh, these people are counting on me. They're going to do the work, so Mm -hmm. I better do the work. And it moves us. So, So having accountability can be the difference between those who make progress and those who in a year are going to say, well, I had a really beautifully written list and that was it. (laughs) That's a really good point. Yeah. I love that. That's definitely an area of the execution that I haven't figured out quite yet. So I would love, I would love to think through that more and figure out who would be some good accountability partners for myself too. And friends, we're toying with the idea that maybe at some point wild and beautiful becomes, um, you know, a group where we help each other stay Mm -hmm. accountable on some Mm -hmm. of these these resolutions, because it is about helping each other grow in holiness in order to be examples in this culture that mm-hmm. is falling apart. And so you you need accountability on the journey. You need uh, to know that like 
we're locking arms together and we're doing this. And when one of us gets weak, the other kind of pulls us forward. So if that seems fun to you, let us know. Um, the last one, and I, I've gotten this from who, I can't remember which book, you know, mm-hmm. could have been Tim Ferriss with his four hour work week, um, <clears throat> which that's a whole conversation. That's fun. <laughs> it's fun. You're like, this is not feasible, but there were some good things in there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. One of them being, so what my dad's thing was and kind of this riff on this is schedule your resolutions and rhythms. And so this comes up in different self-help books in different ways. Like yeah. figure out, for instance, when in your day you're doing your emails. Instead of obsessively checking yeah. your emails all day long, say, I do emails from 10 to 11 a.m. Mm-hmm. or from 2 to 3 p.m. because I'm so tired that like mm-hmm. I only need a quarter of my brain function. And you don't check the rest of the time. Yeah. You sit down and that's your email time. You've put it in your calendar and you've made an appointment with yourself. Mm-hmm. Same with going to the gym. Same with family dinners, you know, maybe you say like, these are the three nights that we know people don't have activities or even, hey, you live in a dorm. These are the nights that as roommates, we're going to get together and have dinner, even if it's one time for fellowship and community, Mm -hmm. but you have to schedule it in. Yeah. And this will be very telling because here's the thing. You can put it in your calendar and then not do it. Mm Mm-hmm. So if you don't do it, I have so many. St- <laughs> we have so many standing meetings for things in our family calendar that we just that ignore don't every time. I, I, I like. I have to delete them and recreate them with like a different color because my brain doesn't even see them anymore. Just when they're whoop, on the right yep, past it, it's gone. <laughs> but but that 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 maybe tells us too that maybe it's not actually that important. And it's not mm-hmm. a bad thing. Like we're trying to impose external motivation. That's a good point. Versus it's not a God driven motivation. Yeah. Yeah. That says, I need to do this. I feel mm-hmm. compelled to do this. He's he's asking me to do this. And so, again, these aren't things to beat you up. They're actually ways to help you sift out where are the real priorities? Where yeah. should my focus be? What What is my time being spent on? And at any point, you can shift. I mean, I kind of realized by the end of December, like, I spend a lot of time on my phone without mm-hmm. meaning to. Me too. Like, oh, Big I found, time. I wanted to research this one random thing. And then mm-hmm. I go down a hole. And so one of my it convicting, you feel kind of like, ew, gross. Yeah. How much time was I staring I think at everyone that feels that too. So then like, what does it look like to say, okay, that was last month. We're going to start new this month. And if I find in two weeks, I'm stumbling still, I get to start over again. Uh, yeah. I have a lockbox for Ooh. my phone and I, I, I got it and I started using it and then I stopped using it. <laughs> and I knew I needed to start again when my like eight-year-old. It's like, hey, mom, where's that lockbox? At like 8 p.m. one night. And I was like, yeah, you're right. And then it started to become a thing with my kids. Now, every night that I'm on my phone, they, they it's almost like a family joke now. Like, where's your lockbox? Lock oh, yeah. That's good. So it's definitely, definitely needs to be done. You know, um, the resolutions and goals and planning, you know, we kind of talked about the dreaming ones where the fun, mm. the fun resolutions and mm-hmm. stuff, but I found something that really helps me stay on track is having a lot of things to look forward to and using planning and resolutions as a way to anticipate things that I'm looking forward to, because that's kind of the fun side of resolutions and planning. Um, and so 
for example, if you instigate a date night once a week or once a month, whatever is feasible for your family, um, that's it's nice to put that in the calendar and look forward to it for all those days that it's coming up. Whereas, you know, before we started doing that, it would just be kind of, they would come up randomly. It'd be like, oh, we have time to go on a date night tonight and here's a babysitter and let's go. It's actually so much more fun if you're looking forward to it the whole week, you know? Basically, so, you just described yeah. this. This is good. This is good. <laughs> Um, it could be, or like you said, the dorm we, in college we did, I did have some great roommates and we had, I think it was like Tuesday nights or something. We would have tea or whatever, you know, and you just look yeah. forward to it all week. It's these little things to look forward to. And I think it's really important to have those in your super random. I just wanted to mention, I think it's I think that's great because you're right. We don't, we don't plan for fun as much. I'm actually mm-hmm. really terrible at that. I might be spontaneously fun, yeah. but I'm not great at like in two weeks, we're going to do this. Mm-hmm. and like, let's prep for that and let's make yeah. it more purposeful. And the anticipation, I mean, that's why we love Advent is the anticipation of Christmas. You can carry that anticipation into the rest of the year. Yes. Great totally. way to end this. Okay, <laughs> friends, we'd love to hear what your resolutions are. We, um, we'll put all of this in the show notes, which is in the bottom. And if we can link even to some great questions that'll help you with reflecting mm-hmm. and kind of helping you suss out what worked, what didn't work, and where might I need to make some changes? And remember, there's nothing special about January 1. Uh, This can happen at any time, but it's good to start at some point. Amen. Yeah, um, I want to mention Pope Emeritus uh, Benedict passed away this week, and I'm putting a beautiful quote from him that's totally applicable to this episode in the show notes. So if he was special to you, go check that out because it's... It's great. You don't want to miss it. He was just a special man. So honestly, everybody should check it out. Yeah. And of course, you know, if you want to put on your resolution, a quick one that you can complete, which is sharing this podcast and rating it, it, putting in a review because it ensures that more people are encouraged and challenged to be wild and beautiful in this world.